Hey, welcome into the Unanchored Boston podcast. Hank Morse, Bob Lobel. We've got Butch Stearns in for Lynchy. It was a big, big weekend in sports. We've got some big sports news to tell you in just a moment, but we're brought to you by Our Best Foods and Our Best Meatballs. It's meatball season, ladies and gentlemen. George Gray's Lexington Toyota, 409 Mass Ave in Lexington, and of course, Cold Springs RV. Where? That's right, in New Hampshire. W-E-A-R-E. Where, New Hampshire? Cold Springs RV. Com. Hi, boys. Hi, Hank. Well, I like ready. That we well, were just talking. I just want to mention this, Butch, because uh, we're right out of the gate. I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, as a regular viewer, I was shocked to find out, and we're talking, that the game, the Patriots-Baltimore game on Sunday is on 25. It's on Fox 25. Mm-hmm. Or Fox TV, whatever you know, whatever Boston, Boston Twenty Five is the technical branding right now. Just, you know, that's, that's not what I want to call branded. it. I'm just saying where I'm as a consumer. You know that you know that little thing you get it's called a check. Push, don't push it, okay? But but you know that little thing you get is called a check. It says Boston Twenty Five on it. So guess what I'm going to call it? Oh my god! <laughs> With good reason. Okay, I've but, seen where you live. Patriots, You're making a lot of money. The Patriots game is not on Channel Four. It's on Twenty Five. It is not. It people is not. are going to be looking. People are not going to know that. I mean, I'm I'm assuming I'm a person and an interested one, and I didn't know that till this morning, because I'm watching. You know, I'm saying, well, Buffalo is playing Miami at one o'clock, and I'm saying, shit, I'm not going to get to see that game, right? Because the Patriots are on, but that's not true. No, you're I, not going to be able to see it. No, because what Channel Four doesn't is not allowed so to. So let me. Let, let me give you a thanks for starting there with the plug, Bob. You're welcome. Didn't it's come not from a plug. Me. It's an informational thing for the. It is yeah. informational, and it's a big day for us because the Patriots' home opener is on our air at one o'clock. And oh, following come on, that, don't, be, don't sound like a TV salesman. Go ahead. I, I am, but go ahead. Uh, you know. Not only do we have the Patriots at one o'clock, but we have the Bucks and the Packers. Tom Brady's home opener at four o'clock, so it's a big day. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Now, what's interesting is. The NFL schedule. I just got an email from a guy named John Simonelli, older guy who's a Giants fan. I used to get these all the time. Why aren't the Giants on Fox? Why aren't the, don't you know, they're New England second team, sometimes first team in these generations? And I agree with them. And I sent them a very thoughtful email back and said, we don't control it. It's the network that do it. And he sent me a very thoughtful email back. They should have more. I said, they should too, because I think the Giants are going to be interesting this year. The bottom line is that there's alternating weeks that CBS and Fox have the double header in the one and four o'clock games, alternating weeks. But every time I give you a rule like that, I'm not going to go deep into this, but every time I give you a rule, the rule gets broken. For example, we, you, we Fox usually only have the Patriots when an NFC team comes to Fox Park. Well, the Ravens aren't an NFC team, so why are they on? They're on because there's another situation in another major market down the road that the network's broken. So to your point about the Dolphins-Bills game, we don't have a doubleheader this week. Also, here's one rule that the NFL never breaks. When your team is on in your home market, they will never put a game up against it. Away games, away games, like the Patriots opener, we had the Niners and the Bears Against the Patriots um, opener. What do you mean you don't have a doubleheader this week? You just said you did. 
No, we don't have – well, we would have had a doubleheader, but the Patriots are playing at home. Well, we do have a doubleheader. You're right. I'm sorry because we have Fox. But we would have normally had – if the Patriots were on CBS this week, like they normally would have been with two AFC teams, we would have had a 1 o'clock game. No, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have had a 1 o'clock game. I asked the question. We wouldn't have had it because it's home. You know what I'm saying? We won't no, do – let's, Can I just – let's just start over. So here it is. We have a doubleheader. Sunday put it on Boston twenty five to yes. watch Pats. That's it. What you can get a pops you can get a popsicle headache from it if you look at it all. But trust me, being in the business as you guys know, I have okay. to look at it sometimes and say, why don't they have a doubleheader? Why Damn is it. this game Damn here? Ten, the Patriots are on Fox twenty five. Boston twenty five. Boston twenty five. Oh my God, Bob. Boston twenty five. <laughs> and so are. Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers after the Patriots game. There you go. That's it. And there's no game on Channel 4 early. No. Or late. Uh, no, they'll probably have a late game. Yeah, okay. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not pushing anybody, you know. I, I love you and Fox 25, or excuse me, Boston 25, because you're there and everything else. And I'm not, you know, anti-Channel 4 because I was there and I'm not there now. No, not, not that I'm not at all. I'm just trying to be a viewer Sorting out what my schedule is going to be on Sunday. Sunday I know. Boston 25 for two games. I know. And that's why people by Friday are going to be throwing things at their television <laughs> with me promoting our double header all week long. Yes, they are. And also, you better start before Friday. I'll say that. I, I already started yesterday. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Excuse me. The other thing is. You know what it makes you realize? You remember I'm when sorry. there were blackouts? Oh, when yes. I, well, you know, you had when they weren't drawing fans to Foxborough and. They'd black out the game so people would go. I got a story about that, but go ahead, Bob. I just want to know if I can see Buffalo and Baltimore and and uh, Miami. Well, you're not going to watch it on CBS in Boston. Okay, that's the all Patriots. I need to know. Then I have to find, figure out if I, maybe I can't. That's yeah. fine. I can and I did it. a bad job of explaining this simple point. You will yes, never, sure. you will never have an out of town game on the rival network against the Patriots when they're playing at home. Okay, that's fine. Can we take it week by week? Yes. All right, All right that's good. Oh. So the blackout Sunday, story. Hank. One o'clock, Boston twenty-five. All right, what's the, the blackout story? Go Here's the it. blackout story. Right. I got my start, as you know, Robert, with Billy Fairweather over at Channel Fifty Six, working for Bob Gamir. Working for Bob Gamir. Two of the greats. Gamir was a wild man, but he was still one of the best sportscasters I ever worked with. Anyway. We had weekend scoreboard Saturday and Sunday nights at 1030. It was early enough that it was on. It was in the late 80s, early 90s. Dick, My first year, I remember covering it thoroughly. Dick McPherson was the coach. And the Patriots, I think, went 2-14. and 14. But, Hank, the games were blacked out because the Patriots didn't sell out. Think of this. No internet. No, <laughs> no social media. So at 1030 at night on Sunday – we were the first ones that showed any highlights of the game. Our ratings were through the roof for that show. That was the first time any Patriots fan could see the highlights. Well, we do the NFL got smart. I mean, they decided that, that, you know, they figured it out. I agree with you. Blackout also affected us at the time. Yeah. Before. I mean, we was, used to do we used to do six, five, six, seven minutes of highlights. Right now. So yeah, what a what a different time. And now you got two games going on at the same time, Monday night, between Buffalo and Tennessee and Philadelphia and uh, they play the Vikings last night. Yeah. 
Buffalo looks unbeatable. Let me ask you this. Tua versus Mac. Which quarterback do you want? It's a very good question. Which quarterback do you want quarterback in your team? Hank, which one do you want, Hank? Tua. Okay, that's good. I wanted I'll Mac take last Mac. week. I'll I take wanted, Mac. I wanted Mac oh, last well, week. Why? why is that kind of a homer? Homer's because you're at, oh, just, that's okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a homer answer. No, that's a homer answer. But yet you're asking what you're really asking is, do you want Tua from last week? Until last week, as Bill Parcells used to say, Tua hadn't taken the huggies off, and you know it. And he's got much better weapons around him right now. We'll One see. How- I, you know what? That's, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking about the weapons. You don't have to go down the roster. I understand it. And the next thing you're going to say is Tua's got a better coach. Uh, that's it. I'm just saying, who do you want as your quarterback? Tua or Mac Jones? Or- I want Mac Jones. Yeah, I, you know what? Why? He's a better decision maker. That's a good point. If you remove the weapons and you've brought Tua and put him into this offense right here, would we think he was the Tua that just threw six touchdown passes? Probably not. Look, Bob, I'm not going to tell you that Tua didn't have a, a game, a coming out game. He was coming amazing. Out, he had to come from behind game that was unbelievable. Four touchdowns in the fourth unbelievable quarter. Unbelievable against a defensive-oriented team that's supposed to go to the Super Bowl. Defense-oriented team? Well, I'm they saying. They have the worst pass defense in football, and they had the well, worst pass defense last they, year. You know, they're always I built, know. Always I built know. around their defense. What Tua did was eye-opening last week, and yeah. you're right. He may make us all regret. Uh, well, look, for two years, all the Dolphins fans have been saying is, you got to be kidding me, Justin Herbert? We could have had Justin Herbert? Let's not forget the Dolphins took Tua with the fifth pick in the draft, I believe it was, and Herbert went sixth. Might have been six seven, but Herbert was the next pick to the Chargers, and they've been regretting it for two years. All right, I'm taking Tua. That's a team mess. Great, okay? take Tua. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think all three of the Alabama quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Tua, are going to be respectable. Well, I think the next one's going to be better than all of them. We'll see. I certainly didn't see this coming because after watching Tua last week, I said, wow, I can't believe that, you know. You know who didn't see it coming? We lost to this this guy, and he was awful. What does it say about the Patriots, right? And then he comes back. No, Hank, you bring up a good question. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't interrupt him. (laughs) You bring up a good question. So if we want to say that Tua is the next coming – because of that game on Sunday, then what do we say that the Patriots limited him and that potent offense to 20 points in week one and limited a a horrible offense to 34? Patriots are, I think they're seventh in the league in fewest points allowed. You know what? They may be the worst team in the division. Who? The Patriots. I didn't ask you that. And I'm going to play your game. I'm throwing that in right now. Okay, great. But – I mean, what does it say to the, about the Patriots' defense that they were able to limit Tua to 20 points and one touchdown offensively that game? One. One. Well, we got the, the terrible Tua, and you saw the terrific Tua the other day. What's the real Tua? Well, we're about to find out because they're playing Buffalo on Sunday in a game you can't see in the Boston market. <laughs> well, that sucks, but it's going to be – I mean, I don't – yeah, I don't know what the line is. I didn't go on. I don't know what the line is against the Ravens. You probably do. I don't know what the line Ravens is. Ravens are three-point favorites. <laughs> Fair enough. In Foxborough, that's like six. But then uh, what about Miami and, and uh, Buffalo? I don't. 
Uh, NFL odds no. week three. Here we go. Can you tell uh, me? I'll look it up. I'll look it up, stupid Bob. That's all right. Here it is right here, Bob. Here it's, it is. Uh, the Bills are, that's, a, that's the wrong game, Bob. Bills yeah. are four and a half. Who? Buffalo's favored by four and a half on the road. How can you not favor Buffalo? You can't. You know, you have to. That's a, That sounds right to me. Does this, first of all, the Patriots could be the worst team in the division. It could be. Oh, Joe Flacco and the Jets are really, are, you know, Joe and the Jets are on their way. He scored two touchdowns in, the, in a minute 33 to win so that game. So does that make the Patriots the worst team in the division? Uh, no, technically. They're going nowhere, the Patriots. This team Boy. is going nowhere. Boy, you sound like me last week. Now that the season's under, I remember the first week we did this. I said I was so down. We're not going to have a football season. Butch, I'm not so not down on you. Tell me, tell me otherwise. Convince me otherwise. That what? The Patriots are going nowhere, but not with this team. Uh, I still think Belichick has an advantage over both the other coaches in the division besides Buffalo. I think a young, the first year coach in McDaniel and Salah, a second year coach, now, they're coming. That, that trend, Translate that into English. What does that mean? I think the Patriots will finish second in the division. You know, you think really? they're better than. I didn't okay. say they were better than Miami. I think they'll fin. I think Miami will will lose this week to Buffalo, and I think their schedule is really tough. I'm not going to pull it up and go for it. Why did you say Belichick's got the advantage over the other two coaches? What does that translate? What do you mean the advantage? How I'll give you it- one example. Yeah. Did okay. you watch the final drive? Did you watch the final drive of the Patriots game? Yes. <clears throat> with six ball control. I with, No, no, hold on. You, let me make my point, Bob. All right, make your point. With six minutes and 33 seconds, they ran out the clock to win a knockdown, drag out, ugly football game. Mm-hmm. First of all, how many other teams in the NFL would even attempt that now? How many other teams? And I'm not saying praise Bill because of it, but when it works, you got to give him credit. He ran the ball. Your passing game, your strength is in your running game. Your strength is in your offensive line, which we thought was a weakness. At least last week it was. We all know it's a week-to-week thing. All I'm saying is I think the Patriots are going to make less mistakes than Tua and Zach Wilson because he'll be the quarterback with the Jets and two young coaches by the time the end of the year rolls around. And I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback, and I think he's going to start figuring stuff out. They're going to stop throwing these jump balls. I, you know, I think the Patriots are going to be, I don't know. They could be anywhere from seven and 10, seven and 10 to 10 and seven. Mac Jones is a good quarterback. He's an average quarterback. He's not in the top five. He might be in the top 10. He's a good quarterback, but you know, that's it. That's it. We'll see. I don't know what well, you look at the is. points scored, right? I mean, small sample size, two games, right? Miami has scored 62 points. Buffalo has scored 72 points. Right. The Jets have scored 40. The Patriots have scored 24. Yeah, they've only got two touchdowns, Hank, offensively. So you talk about two. Okay, he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got uh, Waddle, right? You watch Stefan Diggs last night with Buffalo, three touchdowns, right? Oh, my God. I'm The most exciting thing to me is we get to watch these guys – twice against the New England Patriots. That's explosive. Well, right? Yeah, but defensively, you got to look at, okay, the Pats have given up 34 points. Just Buffalo has only given up 17, has played better defensively. So the Pats, yeah, they have a chance defensively. But, I mean, can you pick out one guy? You know, usually each team has at least one go-to player. Patriots don't have 
No. Anything like that. Mac no, Jones is your go-to guy with the Patriots, right? Is that? Huh? Is that your dog? Yeah, that's Lucy. I hope it's his dog because I don't have one, and I don't think you do either, Bob. Look, I'm not saying that good. I'm bullish on the Patriots. What yeah. I'm saying is I think we're going to have a football season. Yeah, they're going to – they're the Patriots and the Jets are pretty much even. Miami and Buffalo are better than they are. Right now, right now you can make that case easily. I agree with you. How can you not watch what the Dolphins and Tua did and realize that they might be a step above? I'll tell you the an- the short answer to it. How many points did they give up to Baltimore? <laughs> Anybody talking about that? That they had to make that comeback? No question. So? The scary thing for the uh, Patriots is that this Sunday, Baltimore is going to be angry when they come to Foxborough. True. So now that we're on the division, let me ask you another question. After watching Josh Allen and his latest wrecking crew performance last night, can the Buffalo Bills go undefeated? Uh, No, I mean, we've watched a lot of football. It always happens. The stupid killer bees get together and have champagne when the final team that was undefeated loses one, yada, yada, yada. But let's face it, Buffalo has a chance. They have to get beat. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty good. Pretty good to the point where you have to consider the possibility. I'm, I'm assuming Josh Allen stays healthy for this debate, right? And and I'm assuming that the other thing that's remarkable to me is they're they're doing it when they still haven't won anything yet. They were the prohibitive favorites by everybody in the country, fans, uh, predictors, everybody to win the Super Bowl. And they're performing. You know what? Josh Allen's got to stop doing stupid things like diving over for first downs and stuff like that. Well, they couldn't wait. Plays, but he's they, gonna they, stop. they couldn't wait to get him out of that game, right? Fast enough. Seriously, I mean that's that's what coaching's all about. You tell me that Belichick, you know, versus other other coaches in the division, then it's all about <clears throat> excuse me personnel management. When you got a guy like Brady, now Brady, Belichick never took him out, right? Right. I agree with that, that Josh Allen, I mean, he's just reckless. He is reckless. You know what? I raised the question, so I'll bring up this point, whether the Bills can go undefeated. I think we're going to find out in the next four weeks. Here's their schedule. At Miami, at Baltimore, home against Pittsburgh, at Kansas City. <laughs> That's their next four weeks. I mean, they go through that stretch, and they're 6-0. and Roll the dice, baby. Roll the dice. Say that again. They're, three of their next four games are ooh, on the road. Ooh, ooh, Listen, ooh, ooh. at Miami, ooh. Buffalo. Okay, all right, sorry. I'm sorry. At Miami this week, okay. at Baltimore, home against Pittsburgh, whatever, at Kansas City. Let me have, speaking of Pittsburgh, do you not agree? that if it wasn't for the ineptitude of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Patriots would be 0-2. Very easily you can make that. Terrible. Pittsburgh, if I was a Pittsburgh fan, well, let me put it this way. You guys, each of you, being if you were Pittsburgh Steelers fans right now, what would you be saying? I wish I was a Patriots fan. I know what I'd be saying. Get Kenny Pickett in there sooner than later, the rookie quarterback. Yeah. Embedded Patriot. 
Gunner. Yeah, embedded pants. It's a great line from Shaughnessy. Embedded pants. Gunner Oshevsky. Why is he wearing that face mask returning punts? Just for that reason. So he could have fumbled in that game. It was just, un- you know, if I'm a Steeler fan, besides the dropped interception, besides the gunner play, besides even the Patriot touchdown. So an old coach of mine said a long time ago, there are five plays in every football game that decide the game. And you could debate this, whether there's 10, whether there's four, whether there's only two. But the thing he used to say with me, the fun part about this game is you never know when those five plays are going to happen. They're easy to figure out when they're after the game. In my opinion, besides Tom Brady for the 20 years that he was here, the reason the Patriots won most of those games is they made three or more of those five plays in almost every game. And I would say that they made four out of the five this week. And I don't think I, I do agree with your point, Bob. They could have very easily lost that game. They could have been 0-2, but that negates how good their defense played. That negates how well their offensive line plays. I don't think it can discredit any wins in the NFL, no matter how ugly they are. And I don't think it can put enough blame on any losses, no matter all how ugly. All of a sudden the conversation has turned away from Joe Judge and uh the fat guy. Matt Patricia. Yeah. Well, that hasn't been – I mean, well, it, not really. They've only scored two offensive touchdowns. No, excuse saying, me. The conversation has not been about them all of a sudden. They've scored three. I'm sorry. They had two against the Steelers. Yeah. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us know what the Patriots are going to be. But gonna, this no, – not good. They're not good, Butch. Well, well this is an interesting – This is an interesting one this Sunday, isn't it? An angry oh. Baltimore Ravens team who has a much better offense than them. How can um, I watch this game, Butch? Tell me. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was leading up to the point that you have to watch this game, and the only oh, place to see it is right here on Boston 20. 20- oh, I'm not in oh, studio. Yeah, right, right, on Boston right, 20. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, we By the way, look the fact that we've got Lamar Jackson coming up, right? Yeah. Throws 318 yards, three touchdown passes. Played great in that game. He rushes for 119 yards in a score and loses. Right. He, played he might be the most dominant quarterback performance right, of right, all time right. comes with a loss. Game. Well, between I saw this stat on uh, I think ESPN, between the Cardinals coming back over the Raiders, the Dolphins over the Ravens, the Jets over the Browns and there was another comeback. Arizona. I said that. There's okay. another one. But there were there were four games that teams trailed by 10 or more points. I think this was the stat. This is the first time in NFL history that four teams trailed by 10 or more points heading into the Browns. Uh, the Jets. Okay, right. All right. So I'm just trying to figure out. I'll, I'll look at the scores and I'll find it real quick. But the point is, this is the this is the first time, if I got the stat right, that four teams came back to win by trailing in the, the fourth. Carolina Panthers. Uh, who did they play? They played. Oh, the North. Giants. No, no. The Giants didn't come back from 10. Okay. Uh, whatever. It was um, – you sure? The, it was the first time that four teams came back. Cardinals. Yeah, I can't find it. Whatever it was, we're down by 10. Maybe the Giants were down by 10. I think um, it was the Giants, but that's all right. Yeah, the Giants. Here's the score of that game. The Giants trailed 6-6, 13-6, 19-6. You are correct. I thought, because I thought Baker Mayfield... I know he lost, and I just thought that the Giants – the fact that the Giants are 2-0 and was the first time since 
The world's well, flat. It made me think we, you know, hey, we Bushy, I think this. Boston 25 should show more Giants games. I mean, that's a team. <laughs> you and John Simonelli, I'm going to give you his email address. You can and my dad, my dad too. Well, we all know we're old enough to remember that, you know, like you said, the Patriots games were blacked out. And before yeah, that, the Giants. You're not old enough to remember they trained in Winooski, Vermont. Who, the Giants? Yes. Or the they Patriots? trained in Winooski, Vermont, right outside no, of Burlington. No, 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 no. I Frank do remember. Frank Gifford and the rest of them trained in Burlington, in Winooski, Vermont. I do remember that the Patriots trained at Curry College. And I do remember Gino Capaletti. I told you this story a while ago, guys. On the air, uh, with Gino Capaletti, when he was with the AFL, and the late Lenny Dawson just died. G, um, Pete Rosell went to every AFL team and said, picked out their stars, and he got them TV deals in the local. Mo what is that? Oh, that's my. Sorry. Uh, he got them TV deals. So I don't know if you ever saw this video, Bob. You would know this. When Gino Capaletti and the Black and Patri White? No. Gino Capaletti worked at WBZ. He was your predecessor, right? Yes, of course. But he used to go to training camp at Curry, head over to Channel 4 Studio and do the sports, and then go to the point after, the best bar in Boston after that. That was a legend right there. Gino was great. <laughs> uh, great. I... All right, so I want to give you an opportunity in the next uh, 60 seconds to come up with your meatball of the week. Because we're brought to you by Our Best Foods and Our Best Meatballs. Easy for me. All officially begins tomorrow. So it's for all intents and purposes, it's fall, which means you still barbecue in the backyard, but you're tailgating, you're having people over to the house. And what do people lack? They lack time. So where do we come in to help? All you need to do is go into your local grocer, go to the frozen food section, and do exactly exactly what Robert Lobel is doing right now. You break out you the Our Best Foods. Where's your meatball bag? I don't, I don't have a, I got to go get a meatball bag. We're due right, for a we'll delivery of meatballs, too, by the way. What? We are due for a big delivery of meatballs, too. So I'm going to make Thank sure you that you do get supporting. some more besides those burgers. So Good hint. you get the half-inch ones, you get the one-inch, you get the, the, two, the double, the two-inch meatball, right? All you need, two of them. You slice them up. You put them into a nice piano dosi roll. Put a little sauce on them. Oh, my God. They're so good. So go to the website, ourbestfoods.com. You download the coupon. You save some money. Wow. So you want our meatballs of the week now? Yeah. Thank you there. Hank's not there. Hank just saved. She said, save some money. And then he went out and oh, there he is. There you are. Yep. Hank. You want our meatballs now? You, you look for the smiling chef. The yeah. smiling chef, Bob Pablo Bell. Right, there he is. Well, Bobby, you got your meatball. Go ahead, you start. I'm talking the whole the Red Sox organization. <laughs> the Red Sox organization have now. They this is the curse of any sports team, any sports team that is involved, any professional sports team when they become irrelevant or you, the fans become apathetic. It's the curse. It's the worst curse you could have. Nobody cares. They're irrelevant now, and the fact is they've had a season of irrelevancy based upon all kinds of so-called promises and rookies coming up and blah, 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 and pitching rotations and Chris Sale, blah, blah, blah. Same old irrelevancy and apathetic uh, apathy have gripped the Red Sox, and therefore they'll take home the meatball of the week for me. Okay, I'm done. 
I think I want to thank the Red Sox for taking us out of the stress of a pennant race at this time so we can focus solely on the, oh, on yeah, the Patriots. God. Thank God we don't have to root for somebody. <laughs> I mean, they are 10 back in the wild card. I don't need yeah. Go ahead, Hank. I'll give you a second shot at it. And let's add, too, Bob, that uh, the Red Sox were over the luxury um, tax cap <clears throat> and will have to pay a $900,000 tax. Not a huge one, but if you're going to finish last in your division, you shouldn't have to pay the tax, right? Yep. My meatball of the week, just because it's fun for me, because I don't like the Harbaugh's, the Baltimore Ravens. I sat there in disbelief. It was so fun to watch John Harbaugh on the sideline, just like they're my meatball of the week, especially after watching Tua against the Patriots and going, you know what? That guy just doesn't have it. Right. And then he, and you don't have it until you do. And he did on Sunday. So it was so much fun to watch John Harbaugh squirm on the sideline. But it also makes me nervous because this Sunday on Boston 25 at one o'clock when the Patriots, host the Ravens, you're going to have an angry group of Ravens, which might not bode well for the Patriots. So, you know, By the way, before I forget it, talking about uh, and Mike Evans, who was suspended and was kicked out of the game in Tampa, suspended for another game. So he won't be playing Sunday afternoon. See who the, see who the uh, Buccaneers just tried, just signed and are going to call up? Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Why can't so they're, de they're, de they're desperate. So you so let me Put, get this straight. That's a good one, Hank. All right, good one. Our meatball of the week, which is based around our best foods, great meatballs, our best meatballs. We're going to give every week, right? Yeah. To somebody who's been a dud, right? Okay. Well, I'm gonna, excluded. You can't vote on one of us. I'm no. going to flip. I'm going to guarantee. No, I'm yeah, gonna <laughs> I could give you a meatball of the week every week. I'm going to flip the script here. Okay, yeah. since our best meatballs are so good. I'm going to take a bag of them and I'm going to give them as a present to my meatball of the week. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause you knew this was going to happen. You great. were waiting for him to get traded to Dallas when Dak Prescott broke down. The Niners couldn't wait to get rid of him yet. They signed him to a trade friendly contract so they could maneuver it. Trey Lance goes down, feel bad for the kid, but as expected, you thought he might, he goes down. What does Jimmy do? He comes in. He's not your fantasy football player of the week. He simply completed 60% of his passes, ran for a touchdown, threw for another, threw to six different receivers, led them to a 27-7 win, and got a universal hug from his entire offense when he was coming off the field. Say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo, but all the guy does is win. His teammates love him, and now – He's got an our best meatballs bag as my meatball of the week. Well, you're talking about the spec. He's the best, our best food. So he's the best of the meatballs. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's a good little twist. I like on the it. way you put um, the script on that. I like that. There's some positivity. So now after the first question, Tua or Mac, okay, Jimmy or Mac? <laughs> Who would you take, Jimmy or Mac? Uh, at this point, I'd take Jimmy right now, but you're asking what Mac's going to become, and none of us know that. So what do I think? I, I I like Mac. I like a lot of things about him. It doesn't mean you don't like him. It's like Larry Bird versus Julius Irving or, or Magic Johnson. You say, which one was best? doesn't well, mean because you pick one, the other's bad. No. 
I mean, you have to define the question more. Who's the better quarterback? Who do you want for the long term? Who would you Who's going to win a Super Bowl? Who would you want as owner, coach, fan, Jimmy Garoppolo or Mac Jones? I'd say Mac Jones. And I'd say simply because you already know what Jimmy is at this point. And Jimmy is a – this is no disrespect to him because some of these guys have won Super Bowls, Phil Sims and others. He is an excellent game manager. He won't kill you, yet – I think we saw what he was when he couldn't close the deal in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl that he was in. Andy's he's fragile. not Tom Brady. He's, he's fragile. He's not Tom. Well, he is fragile. Yeah, his by his track record. There's no doubt about it. And okay, and now you want to just use that one point? Mac Jones isn't. <laughs> Mac Jones isn't. After a Sunday a week ago. Don't be so sure. Well, right up to this point, he isn't. After a Sunday a week ago, he was going to be in traction with his back. My goodness, he didn't go to the podium because he had to take x-rays and more of the tests the next day. Next thing I know, he was out there practicing and won a game on Sunday. You know, one so. history did teach me one thing, because when Tom Brady came in, you know, okay, it was the 199th pick, right? His second year coming in, right? It was the second year where Bledsoe got hurt. The, the rhetoric then was he can't throw the ball more than 20 yards. Remember when right. that was a thing early in his career? He doesn't yeah. have arm strength. Right. He very rarely, and they, I mean, his offense, very, very controlled, right? When he, when he first came in and here he is still throwing 55 yard bombs, you know, 23, 24 years later. Yeah. And uh, the most encouraging thing from that vein is that he worked with uh, Tom Martinez, who I think passed away. That was his quarterback coach, but then he worked with Tom house, uh, the guy who caught Hank Aaron's home run ball but he's a quarterback guru coach now. And Mac Jones worked with Tom House this offseason. Tom House played for the Sox, right? For a couple yeah. Of years. Yeah. So I remember in 06, Hank, remember that season before Randy Moss, before Wes Welker, before all that. In 06, when they had Rache Caldwell and whatever, and they, they, um, they ended up losing at home, I think, to the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. The questions that offseason were about Brady just can't throw the deep ball. Then there came 07. And Randy Moss, nobody's ever questioned whether he can throw the deep ball after 07. So who knows what Mac Jones is going to become. But it's a good point you bring up. You know, reference. watching um, Stefan Diggs last night and after Tyreek Hill and Waddle the other day in Miami, I started thinking along the lines, really, Randy Moss for two and a half seasons, really, would you say the only elite Wide receiver in Tom Brady's New England career. Um, elite, yes. Very good ones. Deion Branch. What's wrong with Edelman? Deion Branch, Edelman. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're not giving Edelman enough respect. No. Yeah, Wes Welker, right? Edelman, Welker. No, come on. Not receivers, but not. But Hank, I know, I know why you brought it up because you never thought of Julian Edelman as a game breaker. No disrespect to him, right? You never thought of him as the guy who was going to just air it out and go get it that could have the speed of Tyree kill that could, that could do what Stefan Diggs lead yeah. the league in, well, in he's called a slot receiver. That's why they have a designate different designation. Again, right. agreed, Bob, but no disrespect, but I know where you were going. They weren't with, stretching the field. Your, your point very simply is in Tom Brady's 20 years with the Patriots, how many elite receivers did he have? Right. Is that what you're saying? And if I ask yeah. that question, Maybe then I would appreciate him even more. That, if I if I answer that question, then I would say there's Randy Moss for two and a half years. There's Julian Edelman. There's Rob Gronkowski. There's Wes Welker. 
And Dion Branch isn't in that category, but he was damn close huh, for a while. Yeah, but listen, you can't make these comparisons unless you recognize the fact that offenses were, were changed throughout that period in the National Football League to permit more offense. True. In other words, you have to add tight ends in that, and you did with Gronkowski, but you have to add Ben Watson and, and Coates. Those guys were go-to receivers for these guys. Yeah. Watson wasn't Coates or Gronkowski, though. Well, he had the tools. He just never had the career. I loved Ben. Wonderful guy. Wonderful Because things had, had evolved. Things were, had, were evolving yeah. into a tight end type offense. True. Now, all of a sudden, the tight end top, top offense has changed. Patriots don't, apparently don't have any tight ends because they never throw to them. Where's Hunter Henry? You know how many combined catches that uh, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith had the other day? Zero. Where's our Boom. tight end offense? I don't know. Henry was diplomatic when he was on the radio yesterday saying that it'll come. It was just matchups, things the way they did it. We're doing different things. Yeah. Well, maybe Patricia is not a tight end guy. Um, before we switch gears, can I bring up one other point about the NFL? Of course. So I was watching that Buffalo – Tennessee game and thinking to myself a couple things that Buffalo is clearly the fan favorite to win the Super Bowl right now and one of the most popular teams in the NFL and they play in Buffalo so the NFL even wants them to go there right I'm getting to the small market large market thing in comparison to the other sports I'm also getting to something that Bob Ryan used to preach remember Bob and Hank how Bob Ryan always used to say that teams you want to hate villain teams were great for the NBA the Lakers and the Celtics, the Bulls with Michael. The Pistons. LeBron, the Pistons, yeah. The Pistons. LeBron going to Miami. It was great for the league. The NFL breaks every rule business-wise and fan-wise and popularity-wise compared to the other sports. In other words, let's go with the villain team. Well, the Patriots were a villain team for 20 years, but you really didn't have for the last two decades a villain team. You've got all these popular teams, and the league couldn't be more popular than ever, and they don't haven't had this one villain team except for the Patriots, right? I mean, like yeah, the, Raiders. the Raiders. I think the Raiders were a villain team. Yeah, but that was a lifetime ago, wasn't it? Okay, I'm just pointing out. Yes, it's no, I, I know, but they don't. My point is, compared to what Bob Ryan said, they don't. And the baseball, that too. Oh, we hate the Yankees, hate the Dodgers, right? They don't have it, and they don't need it in football. And now you go to the big market point. Last year. The NBA had Boston and Oakland, San Francisco in the NBA Finals, two major markets, and they loved it. What if they have two up-and-coming teams next year, Memphis and Cleveland? The league will flip out if they have a small market. The NFL, if they have a Buffalo, Tampa, two small market Super Bowl with Tom Brady and and uh, uh, Josh Allen, will we'll be loving every single minute of it. They're, the big market thing doesn't matter in the NFL. Of course, they would rather have the Rams and the Giants, L.A. and New York. Everybody would. At baseball wants the Dodgers and the Yankees. What if, what if they end up with, uh, I don't know, the Cardinals and the Rays in, in the World Series this year? My point about yeah, football well, baseball is – Baseball has become irrelevant. My, mm, close. My point about football is it's the heyday of the NFL – Everything they've done, almost everything, turns to gold. Um, they get criticized for not 
penalizing their – I mean, what's the biggest criticism in the NFL? The way they, they're inconsistent discipline, right, of a Deshaun Watson versus an owner of a yeah, team. You know what? And their officiating is not exactly uh... – All right. Getting the pass interference calls right. Yeah, but how hard a job is that? It's a brutal. It's brutal. In all, in all sports, it's, it's an impossible. So is the answer, do we want to see more replay review? And show us six different replays that we can barely make up our mind in super, super slow-mo and then criticize a ref for trying to make it on the fly? Okay, why is football? So let's answer your question. Let's agree with you. And for good reason. I don't know why you're wearing that shirt, but let's agree with you. That's the only shirt you have. Because it's a freebie. Everything I have is free. Why is is football like that? What what is the appeal other than the fact that it's time, you know, sensitive, it, it, it's over, it starts and ends at a certain time. There's no four hour football game. You know, the, the I can see when they wanted that, which game was on, uh, went overtime on, on CBS and they had to delay 60 minutes for like a half hour. Oh, it was Raiders and uh, Cardinals. I'll bet that the NF, the CBS executives were praying that it didn't go into overtime. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they had to return. They reviewed that call. And I'm saying, I wonder how many TV executives are in on this review to not allow uh, the Cardinals to tie this game and send it in overtime. Well, CBS is stupid because 60 Minutes people are stupid because they got better ratings because that game went into overtime probably. (laughs) Well, then I, I wouldn't say 60 Minute viewers are stupid. Well, no. Saying, doesn't football present their sport by far better than any other sport? Amen. What yeah. else, Hank? What else to Bob's question? Why it's a television? You know, it's a television-oriented sport. Right. It works it is, on television, not like they, baseball or basketball or hockey. It works on television. Plus, they they protect the most valuable asset, the quarterback. Right? What do you want to see? The people most of the times they want to see high-scoring games, and let's face it, yeah, the TV. The acrobatic catches that they isolate, and that's part of like not just like the review, but the replay. I mean, to watch, I mean, it's ex- the replay. You saw it happen, but the replay is just as exciting. We need and to get Upton Bell on well. again, Hank. We need to get Upton Bell on. His father, you know, was commissioner of the National Football League to find out and get his opinion as to why. And he, of course, former general manager of the New England Patriots when. Uh, Billy Sullivan was running the right. show, but we need to get him on his opinion as to why the league has become what it has become. Great. I'll give you my three quick answers. Gambling and fantasy. That's a good one. Good. Very marketing, good. Yep. Marketing of their stars. Like you yes. just said, Hank, they do it better than any other sport. And the point I made before about no big market bias, there's no other sport that us two small market teams could get to play for your championship and both the networks and fans would would applaud it compared to other other leagues where they would condemn it. Plus, they've done they've come up with a pretty good formula of giving you just the right amount of games. Uh, although they just keep adding like a Monday night doubleheader. They're really they're, they're, push, they're pushing that though. They're pushing the envelope. I agree. Yeah. But on the other hand, the fact that their season is in the winter or it leads up to you know January and February. 
that creates a lot of eyeballs in front of TVs. It's not like a summer game where no, nobody's watching on the Red Sox or baseball on television. It's just everything kind of falls in the right place for them. So here's an basketball and hockey are in the winter doldrums, right? It's almost like the guys, they play the games. They, you don't think no, they matter as much. It doesn't matter to the playoffs, right? Right. No, and, and you're getting ready for spring training, but you're like, nah, you know, it's a couple weeks away. So all eyes right on that Super Bowl. You know, Bob, you just nailed it. You just nailed a key point that might be above all everything else. Well, thank football, you very much. Football, about football's popularity. Football's popularity is so far above the other sports because none of the other sports can point to one single game during their regular season that's as meaningful as the best game every week in the NFL. Regular season games are hugely meaningful in the NFL. Name me the best baseball game this year in the regular season. Well, is that, is that an argument for less is more, contracting the size of the season schedule? For football? No, for all the other sports. You know, from a, you've got 162 the, baseball games. You've got here's uh, the, the frenzy on Aaron Judge breaking Roger Maris's record. Yeah, well, guess what? He's going to do it against the Red Sox this week. Yeah, but that that would be good. That, I'd like to see that happen. What did, what's wrong with it? Let him do it against the Red Sox. I know. What doesn't make. I'd rather have a question for you guys. If what I'm saying he, doesn't, you know, where's the frenzy and where's the it's it's not there. It's like I know a, where Hank's going with this. I know. Go ahead. I know where you're going, Hank. Will you would if he if he gets to the sixty one or sixty two home runs does he become in your mind um, the greatest single season home run hitter because there's almost an asterisk you know with Bonds and Sosa and McGuire because they said oh that was a steroid era to take one from Dan Jonas I will tell you this I remember the number sixty one I don't remember what Barry Bonds hit and I Nobody don't remember does, what Mark Hank. McGuire hit you know what but Hank Hank's right nobody does. Right. You can't, you don't know what Sosa hit. He hit like over 70 home runs three times. I'd have to look it up. But I, will, I, thought, I think Hank, you know where I thought you were going? Was that? Would the Red Sox consider signing him this offseason? Oh, God. <laughs> Why I do was... I think that is the most impossible? They'd have better luck bringing back Babe Ruth from the day. Wait a minute. We've got 20 years of history with John Henry waking up we every have... January 1st and going like this, Bob. Am I spending money? Am I not spending money? <laughs> so, David Price, Stanley Ramirez, money? Pablo Sandoval, you name it. Good not problem. giving it to John Henry, uh, John Lester one year, and then overpaying David Price two years later. I mean, come on. He could wake up next year and say, yeah, we need Aaron Judge. And a better Boston. chance of bringing back Babe Ruth from the dead than signing Aaron Judge. Did you see the interview? The, uh, the last series he was here on the final game, it was Matt Vitor who works for Mass Live. I know him. And he asked a question to Aaron Judge. And it was a series of questions. And Judge, smartly, was being very talkative because he was in free agency. And as Matt got him in a conversation, he just hammered him with the question. Would you consider signing with the Red Sox? And Judge, you could Judge heard the question. But his first answer was, you mean here? <laughs> and then he goes, ooh. I'd have to think about that. <laughs> his agent loved Classic. it. Of course he did. Drew Rosenhaus isn't his agent, I hope. No, it's uh, Boris, I think. I think it's Boris. Rosenhaus is a football guy. I was looking for Boris. You're right. Boris, he's gonna, he'll hold up the world, right? So you can tell that this is going to stretch on for a long, long, long time with well, Aaron Judge. Don't you think? 
It ain't going to be here. If you can't find a way to find Mookie Betts a home, you're not going to find Aaron Judge. Well, what would John Henry say? Well, he's turning 30 years old, and um, you know we don't sign 30-year-olds, especially pitchers, but this guy's a home run hitter. What if he loses it? I got a better chance of David Ortiz on retiring than Aaron Judge coming. <laughs> actually, you brought up Babe Ruth. Actually, Babe Ruth could play for this lineup right now, actually. <laughs> and speaking of which, is Aaron Judge your um, most valuable player, or is it Shohei Otani? Oh, it's Judge for me. Judge. Judge. Otani's special, but what they are, they're in the dump. Angels are anything but. Think about that. When you have arguably two of the top five baseball players in the game, and you can't, you Who can't be you a five hundred. Better team. question, Hank. Who would you sign, Otani or Judge? If you had a chance to, win, to sign a free agent, which one would you sign? Oh, that's a that's a hard one. Well, that's a hard one. Again, that's a different question to me, Bob. Than who's the MVP? Of course it is, but that's why MVP I'm is supposed to be most valuable player in the league and to your team. And both of those guys are one and one A, but to me, Judge has had a season for the ages. And are we going to make this argument every year that why don't you just retire the MVP trophy if you're going to say that um, Shohei Otani should win it because nobody pitches and hits at the level he does? Okay, great then. All he needs is ten wins and forty home runs and a close to three hundred average. You give him the MVP. Reality is nobody pitches and hits at the level he does. That's the so, reality. Okay, so then give him the MVP every year. Well, that's he, he not can't his, be beat. No, he wait, can't no, be beat. no, no, no. Just because he pitches and hits like he does this year doesn't mean he's going to pitch and hit like next hits like next year. I wouldn't concede. So, so let me ask you a different no, no, question. Let's go back to that question: Judge or Tony? Which judge, one would you, judge by far. Well, well, I would really? rather see. I'd rather see Otani just because of the uniqueness and the opportunity to see it on a regular basis. Wow. Which one do you think would help the Red Sox more, Judge or Otani? That's another different question. You look at you with all the addendums here. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, if, go back to the MVP. No. Has Judge, no, why, why would I get this Dispute this point. Dispute this point. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, two points. Agree or disagree? Aaron Judge is having in one of the most historic seasons in baseball history. Agree. Okay. Number two. He's having enough of an historic season that it overshadows the somewhat ordinary season that Otani's having. Butch, why are you you saying this? You think I don't agree with you on the MVP? So then how do you you not agree with you on the MVP? I thought you said Otani. No, I don't. I didn't say Otani on the MVP. I definitely think Judge because the Yankees are are in the hunt very much so. And judge is a big reason. Yeah, and I agree with you on that point. But if you go by the history of baseball voters, it doesn't give a damn. You, you know, Andre Dawson with the Cubs, Mike well, Trout with the Angels. You don't have to be a contender to win the MVP. Okay, Ricky so Henderson. You, but you won that argument, Butch, okay? I'm not take trying the, to take the win and walk away. I'm just saying. Did I mention that the Patriots, you can only be seen on Boston 25 this Sunday <laughs> at 1 o'clock? Well, did I mention, did come I mention on, I want to know. I want an answer to this question, damn it. Because Hank just bell- What's the question? the question? You got another question? It was a hard one. What's the question? Would I, if I were the Red Sox, would I really have Otani or Judge? Free agents. Yeah. You can sign O Judge. You can sign Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani. Which one would you sign? I think it's got to be Otani. I agree. Hank agrees, right? 
Yeah, I do. I agree. That's the, that's the question. Why would you say Otani? Well, the you only know? analogy I'm trying, I'm racking my brain in other sports would be Actually, Bobby Orr. Short exercise. I know. But my only analogy I can come up with is Bobby Orr. Because you're talking about a guy that fills two roster spots. A guy who could be a top oh, rotation good. pitcher and a hit third or fourth in your lineup. And Bobby Orr, before him, if you traded for a defenseman, he was to block shots, <laughs> not score goals. And Bobby Orr did both. So I can't come up with another analogy unless – I mean, Doug Flutie kicked and played quarterback. I mean, well, either there... one of them is going to be a daily a treat at Fenway Park because Judge is going to play every game, and Otani's going to be in the games he doesn't pitch. And I worry about Judge too, his longevity, because he he has missed a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt. I mean, let's face it, this year, I mean, he could win the Triple Crown, right? He's still still close enough to Bogarts, right? That he could he could pull off the Triple Crown. By the I way, Hank, best chance of signing Otani here anyway. His um, his um, agent is Paige Odell. I've honestly never heard of Paige Odell, but that's his agent. I don't know. I'll have to look up, see what agency. Maybe he's one of those guys that has an agent only has a few clients. I wonder if you went out and you asked the public though, would the would the Yankee Red Sox Yankee uh, rivalry hatred. Trump it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I would say this. How about this scenario, which I don't think it hugely far-fetched. What if the Red Sox struck first and signed Aaron Judge? Couldn't you see the Yankees signing Xander Bogarts? Of course. You know, yeah, that's sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'd do that. Yeah, but and I love Bogarts. Yeah, yeah, but think about the <laughs> About the repercussions of the repercussions of that. First of all, Bogart's definitely ain't wearing number two for the Yankees. I'll never Judge. forget this spring training. We were down there. This was the year that Jeter and A Rod yep. were in, had just joined became teammates. And we were in spring 2000, training. Two thousand four. We were in spring training. Uh I guess it was in Fort Myers, uh city of Palms Park. But I'll never forget that Jeter and A-Rod were running in the outfield. It was out by the by the right field wall, and the fans were right there and yelling at Jeter and A-Rod, both in Yankee uniforms. And Jeter said, don't worry, Nomar's going to be with us next. Right. <laughs> I'll never forget that. that he was, did. It was a really great line. I got to tell you. Got those fans down immediately. I, I make it clear, Hank, how I feel about Robert, our colleague here, but one of those spring trainings, you'll know, you'll remember this, Bob. We used to go up to the Ted Williams Hitters Museum. Yes, up I in Hernando, Florida, in the middle of nowhere. Yes, hour forty-five, maybe more longer of a drive, just a pain in the ass. Citrus Hills. Didn't want to do it. Never regretted going there, but just for our skit, whatever. So this one year was right before Ted died. We weren't going to go. And I'm not going to mention the other sportscasters' names. We were all sitting on the benches there, right past the pawn shops where the Red Sox used to train down on uh, whatever road that was. And I turned to Bob and I said, are you going? And he looked at me with this wry smile and he says, yeah, I am going to go. I said, all right, I'm going. I got to go. So we were the only two that went. And Russ Ken was my producer at the time. And they wheeled Ted out. And we both looked at each other, drop-jawed. 
And Ted came out and he waved, just like 99 in the All-Star game. He was in a chair. He waved the cap. I think he spoke. Didn't he, Bob? Maybe he didn't. Uh, no, he didn't. As a matter of fact, he came out the back, right up yeah. the back of the stage. And I remember a tear was coming down his face. Yeah. And I remember he, John Henry and his sister, Claudia, yeah. pushing him out. And John Henry said, Dad, you remember what Lovell, he's, you know, Boston sports guy. And Ted said, yeah. And then he he had a tear come down and I wiped the tear off his cheek. I'm Did serious. really? His DNA on my hand. And he said, thank you. He whispered like, thank you. It's the last time I've ever heard him speak. What was the last time, last public I didn't know, appearance? What would you have done with that DNA? Would you have, would you have? Just hope it wasn't the same DNA have, as his son's. Would you have, no, would you have well, ingested it? Well, I mean, seriously, I had his damn, God bless Ted, DNA on my finger. Bob, unless at that point, which you were probably in your 50s. Well, let's not get crazy. But all I'm saying is if you only if you had visions of becoming the greatest hitter who ever lived into your 70s and 80s. Well, I'd have what given I a shot. If I thought that was a shot, I'd have taken it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this is a curb your enthusiasm episode. Ted, Hank, I'm telling you, the other sportscasters didn't go. And again, I'm not going to name names. Called on the way back. They called me and I was in the back of the car. Who was it? Was it? My name names. Go ahead. It, was Gene, it was Gene Levanchi. Oh, and Gene was in like Channel Gene. Seven, and I love. Oh, I love Gene. But yeah. here was the thing: Gene had. Thing Gene had. Gene, Gene did the hardest thing a sportscaster ever did in this town. He got out of sports and got into. I know. Well, I can tell you that story it, too. But Gene, but Gene brilliant. Gene's the best guy in the world. But Gene, his parents lived south of Fort Myers. I forget where, and they were having this big family cookout. So he had to make a choice between going to their cookout or driving up to Hernando with us. So he said jokingly that day to me. He said, I oh, will just get the video from you if he comes out. And I looked at Russ Ken, my producer at the time, and I go, if, if they wheel Ted Williams out, nobody's getting that video. So sure enough, I'm in the back of the car, logging the video. Russ is calling the producer. We had a young producer. She goes, yeah, we're going to put it at 1030. And Russ goes, excuse me, um, this will be your job if it's not your lead story. In your Russ, newscast. Russ, 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 Next thing you know, the phone rang, and Gene, it was me, he said, Butchie. So, Gene, I can't talk to you right now. Here's Russ. Russ was the guy you want when the bullets are flying. He's the guy with the radio pack that walked through the bullets and never, never flinches. We were sitting just... out but when Wakefield gave up the home run to Aaron Boone in 2003. Grady Little's game, right? Grady Little's last game. And when John Henry, they were, they were sitting in the stands at Yankee Stadium after the game deciding whether they were going to fire Grady Little. After that game, the ownership, seriously. But we were, Russ worked for us then, Butch. And we had out behind the old Yankee Stadium, there was a, a hill that all of us were on because we couldn't go in the stadium and do our live shots. You know, right? we called it the grassy knoll. And we were on Russ, Russ, that was his, he decided it was a grassy knoll. And that was the game, you know, we, we're up on the grassy knoll when that all happened. And then Roach and, and Russ and I went out to one of those diners in New York, you know, one of the famous diners in New York at three o'clock in the morning and debated the fact whether he should, you know, he should have taken Pedro out. It was just one of those nights, you know, it was just one of those nights. 
It was one of those nights. Hank, sorry to keep going down this rabbit hole. No, I'm enjoying he just, it. He just reminded me that game was on our air. David Wade and I did Every it. Every fucking thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, sorry. sorry. It was. It was on Fox. I know. It's relevant. It's relevant. You know what? That First of all, you've been out, you've been out of it long enough. That's why you're so pissed off. I get it. Otherwise, you'd be like, hey, I wish I was. Well, no, I'm just saying. But listen, know? it's oh, relevant on, that it was on our game was on our air. It's the, relevant that it was the, on our air because we Bill came Bill Bucker out. game was on our air. What else do you need to know? Can I finish? Yes. It's relevant that it was on our air because home? David Wade and I, who's now on BZ, David Wade and I did the post game. And after the game, post game was over. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, like you said. And we were staying in Times Square. And we went to a bar called Scruffy Duffy's, which I believe isn't there anymore. Walked in. And guess who was in the bar at 3 o'clock in the morning? The umpiring crew from that game. And Tim McClellan, big, tall, I don't know if you remember Tim, his strike calls. Big, tall guy was calling balls and strikes. I saw him sitting over there. He was just finishing a Guinness. I bought him a Guinness. I said, please send this to Mr. McClellan. Tell him it's from Butch Stern. So he looked around and he saw me. He didn't even know who I was. And I gave him the high sign. He called me over. He goes, sit down, son. I said, I'm Butch Stern. Blah, blah, blah. He said, what do you want to know? I said, I want to know everything. He said, Pedro was done. Pedro was done. He goes, but I respect Grady Little for keeping him in. You dance with the girl that brung you. Screw all these nerds. Amen <laughs> and, that's that. how, and that's how the conversation started. And then he just told me every detail. Can you imagine? Umpires know everything about those moments. Everything. It was a great night. Great night. I remember we left the bar and the sun was coming up. Yeah, the other thing they that criticized game, that game was on Fox that wasn't night. Playing, wasn't <laughs> I'll playing check, Hank. I'm not sure. Nixon wasn't playing doubles defense out in right field when Hideki Mitsui uh, had a huge hit. I didn't know there were just so many things in it. How did we get down there? There was a time hole. we got kicked out of the hard rock. Oh, track. we went to the Ted Williams thing. That's where we went to. Hey, you know what? Baseball related, I, I do want to say there's a great article in today's Boston Globe by Stan Grossfeld, and it's about Bill Lee surviving. Um, you know, dropping on the ground, having to be brought back with the paddle, CPR, had to do it twice. A week later, he's back at the ballpark. He's got a new pacemaker. And uh, it's just a, it's a great read. It really is. Stan, Stan it, is great. Stan is one of the best. So is Bill. Outstanding. And, and by the way, oh, when you look, there's a picture in the article. And I read it online. And what does uh, Bill Lee drive? Toyota. A Prius. Did he get it from oh. George Gray? Well, I'm not sure if he did. But, but if he did. If he did, he would be the guy to go to George Gray, Lexington, Toyota, 409 Mass Ave. I mean, he's the Ted Williams of car dealers, the greatest of all time. Because he's got character, good morals. He's charitable. He's a fine human being. He also sells Toyota, great brand. Okay, so... Do it. Bob has done it many times. I've done it many times. As soon as we can coax you over that bridge and get you up into Lexington, Butchie, you're going to do it too. Do yourself a I favor. I should. I should. George Gray's Lexington Toyota, lexingtontoyota.com. It's at 49 Mass Ave. That's all you need to know. Guys, well, all I can tell you is that guy. in the short time I've been with you guys as a team, we've become pretty well oiled machine hitting the sponsorships because if Bill Lee. After he left the Toyota dealership, he would have went up and got an RV at Cold Springs. He probably and probably, an RV and he probably smokes 
Well, the smoke coming out of the RV isn't the heater. Well, but, he, but he's got a gas stove in there. And what could he do there? He could heat up our best meatballs. You want to know what? Butchie, you are the greatest. <laughs> Arthur French. Well, I took that DNA off Bob's finger and I actually ate it myself. So When so, A.F. Stern speaks, it, people that's listen. That's me to say the F-bomb because I got it from Ted. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is great. Butchie, I, I this never is go great back on TV anymore, Butch, because I'm just too used to saying... Uh, no, I mean, I'm surprised that you had Ted on live on that famous show that he didn't drop an F-bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't know, maybe it was a five-second delay or whatever, but for so but many things, we got kicked you know out what, of you know Hard Rock Cafe. I, mean, I told you that story, right? Getting kicked out of the Hard Rock. You know that. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yep. that's another, another story for another time. You know what would be a fun days. trip? You know, we've talked about taking the Lobie Cruiser, going up. Um, the Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire, coldspringsrv.com. Okay. And we're talking about we're going to get the Lobie Cruiser. Yep. We're going to put us all on the cruiser. We'll go to all the halls of fame. But um, before we tell you more about Cold Springs RV, you know who would be nice if we invited along? How about the great Zidane Chara, who today, being Tuesday, it's September 20th, signed a one-day contract with the Bruins, and he retired. 24 NHL seasons, 14 of them right here as the captain of your Boston Bruins, the only captain of the Bruins team in the past 50 years to win a Stanley Cup, and uh, the longest tenured Bruins captain in team history. Longer than Ray Bork, longer than Johnny Busick. That would be fun to take Big Z up to Cold Springs RV to go on a trip with us because the stories that that guy could tell. Now, when you go to Cold Springs, all right, you know, they have winter storage for only $50 per month. $50 per month. Very, very affordable. Wow. And then the other thing is you can get your RV serviced and winterized. Right, Bob? Right. That's a, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take advantage of that opportunity? Plus the trade-in values. There's just so many reasons to go there. Cold Springs are, it's no coincidence that they're on this, on this particular podcast because we deliver and they deliver. It's a great synchronicity. Yes, they do. And whether you want one of those big motor homes, you want a fifth wheel, a regular travel trailer. I like the pop-ups or the tent trailers, as they call them. Or, you know, you might be somebody who's got like a quad and you like to go camp. They've got the toy haulers. Do yourself a favor. For best selection, and they're still clearing out the 2022s to make way for the 2023s, and call them because 50 bucks to store your RV for the winter, safe, and you've got a place that knows what to do with it. You can get it winterized. Just do yourself a favor. ColdSpringsRB.com up in Ware, New Hampshire. ColdSpringsRB.com. I have a question, Hank. Yeah. Since you're in charge of posting this show. Yeah. What if you didn't edit out the F-bomb that I said? Oh, there's no way I'm going to edit that out. Yeah, it's Why? the internet. Why? You, it doesn't you think, matter, right, Butch? You think people are going to think less of you? I don't, I don't care. Well, it's a little late for that, isn't it? No, we don't have to worry about the FCC coming people, after you. I wouldn't hear your address. come to my funeral because I said the F-bomb on a podcast? No, well, Maybe. I'm going to etch on your gravestone. He was a freaking great guy. So what's the difference? Okay, so Hank, it doesn't matter, right? Why, Butch, why can't Channel 4... Get sportscast. Hey, does it matter if I do? Can, what's going to happen to me if I? I you know what? Twenty. I think they're. You might have. I mean, generations. Hey, come on, just tell me the answer the question. No, hey. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not going to write that because we're on the internet. We're on the internet. 
It and you know what? Matter. Everybody else was thinking it anyway. You wouldn't, so you just wouldn't do it. Ah, no need to do it. It was genuine. Leave it in there. I mean, that's if it was, if it that's was, the sad part about it. No, come on. It was genuine. I mean, that's the great thing about that word when it's genuine. When people just throw it in for no reason whatsoever. Is it's that like, the most on. famous word in the world that nobody can use? Why does everybody use it then? Because it's the most famous world <laughs> word. That's what I'm asking. It's the most famous word in the world that nobody can use. And I'll bet you in five to ten years, it'll be all over regular television. Yeah. Of course it will. It's the CK sound, right? It's the CK sound. It's the hard to... You, well, think no, you got that. a lot of things. You got a thing called the duck. You got right? a thing called muck. You got a thing called muck. Yeah. You got a guy called Chuck. Yeah. You got a lot of uh, whatever. But none of, them, none of them have the same oomph to it. No, they don't. And the question is, it's the most used word in the world that nobody can say. A lot of people say it. No kidding. Not a lot of people. Everybody. Remember Duck, so, Duck, Goose? That was fun. You couldn't play, you know. So, Hank, you brought it up. Bob, what comes to mind? It's sort of all a bunch of questions wrapped into one. Duck's, Duck's another word. What? No, it's Zidane Char. What's what his legacy? I'll ask the question a very simple way. When you hear the name Zidane Char, what comes to your mind? Big, tough guy. Big, big tough guy. Warrior. I agree. I what agree. Else? There's sort of three things to me, and it's fresh in my mind because I did a little thing this morning. But it's one that when they signed him, I remember saying, who is that guy? Oh, that's that big guy. But he turned out to be much more than that. He turned out to be a true leader, like a true leader. He also, to me, his legacy is this. 14 years in a Bruins uniform, a captain's captain, meaning that through his 40s, you got young guys that came to this team and he outworked them. I mean, he wanted the parking spot like Brady. He wanted it. So you got to give him that. But also, not only did he win a Stanley Cup and went to three finals, his moment in game five when he came out for the national anthem, when he broke his jaw and had two metal plates in it, I mean, they ended up losing that game, going back to St. Louis and win game six. But that moment is an iconic Bruins moment. It really is. So for the time he was here, I mean, to use the hockey term, more than worthy of wearing that setter, center uh, sweater and wearing that C. I mean, I think he's somewhat underrated in Bruins history. Plus, you, know? you think about what he did at his size, six foot nine on blades of steel. You think about the mobility and you think about the great athletes, say, M I bring up the NBA just because of the size similarity, right? and the things that they could do physically, even the way they run the court, but to put them on narrow pieces of steel and the NHL is such a fat, it's faster now than it's ever been. Right. And he managed to still get it done on top of which he was beyond reproach with his, his character. And the one thing that really sticks with me, and I don't, you probably remember this is a few years back. They were talking about some of the success of the young guys and some guys, on some teams and much less so now, you know, there'd be some hazing and years gone by and stuff that they just don't do anymore for good reason. But I remember Chara making a remark like, well, if you're an 18 year old and you're on our, you're on this team and you're contributing to this team, uh, you're a teammate. doesn't matter if you're 18 year old or you're 36 years old, you're our teammate. 
Right. You know, he put value. He put value in every single player on the team. He was and a I, leader I in admired, every sense. He was a leader in every sense of the word. And one final comment about him was the last couple of years with Washington and uh, the Islanders, I believe it was, you know, it was Willie Mays like, but, but he, his role, his single digit minutes a game, he somehow found a way to get, to get in a fight with the other guy's tough guy as that was dwindling in the league. But the thing that strikes me, I used to play every highlight when we get it. He kicked the guy's ass every single time, no matter who he fought. When he was 39, 40, 41, 42 years old, he came, nobody wanted to fight him in his 40s. Here's the other thing that was impressive. I know earlier in his career, this was a thing, and they made a story about it, is that when he would go home for summers to Slovakia, his training regimen every year is once the Tour de France was done, he would get on a bicycle. And I know when he came, Landry's on Com Ave specially made him a bike. I do know that. Um, he would go ride the Tour de France. To train. That's crazy. But thank right. you. Congratulations. He retires at Boston Bruin. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We were lucky to have uh, 14 of his 24 seasons right here. Yep. Well, Hank, it was great hanging out with you today. And effing hey, Lobel. Bucky, Bucky, effing Lobel. It was no, funny. No, Buck, <laughs> snuck, cluck, <laughs> snuck, truck. And, of course, don't forget. Tuck. Don't forget the tuck. tuck Thank you very much, Bob. Okay. That's right. Uh, all right. You guys. All right. Thank you for listening and watching right. Unanchored Boston. Farewell. You can check us out online. We get will Twitter. Will I be Instagram, back next week, Hank? Oh, yeah. We'll be back. By the way. Well, will we... I be back? I don't care about Will. Oh, will no, I be course, back? Of course we'll be back. Are you count. kidding? No, we're going to have Bucky F and Dent instead of you next week. <laughs> right. And Aaron Bleep and Boone. And by the way, if there's one thing that I want you to take away from this podcast today, Bob. Well, what's that, Hank? Do you remember what it was? No. Sunday, 1 o'clock, Boston 25. Oh, yeah, right, that. Right. Patriots and the Ravens. You better remember by Sunday. All right. Butch, <laughs> does your boss appreciate the fact, any clue how much publicity he gets from our conversations? I don't think they even know I'm on this podcast. Oh, Jesus, Butch, come on. Okay. Can't you Bob. do something about that? Why don't we? Why don't you have him run this show? And I promise I won't do the f bomb. Right. Overnight. Yeah. I'll send him this clip. Can't you shy and kind of slot overnight on Boston Twenty Five to run this show? I can't believe Noah. he didn't drop an f bomb on Butch when he said the boss doesn't even know. God. All, All right, right folks. All right. See you night. next week, guys. I love you both. Really. See, take care. Love you I too. Have no idea. You too, Hank. <laughs> What's the point? Unacred Boston is a presentation of Unacred Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unacredboston.com.